refuse to let the monster win. The twisted hippo burns and the neighborhood rallies. Sweet waters impending West Coast domination. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer. Okay, let's do the pre-show checklist. Podcast equipment online. Check BAC.05 and rising. That's good. Internet's uh, still a shit show of hate and cat pictures. Check. Uh, Tyler, would you rate your rage and inherent inherent anger a simmering, explosive, or a pedalant? Uh, simmering today. Simmering? Okay, excellent. All right. Beer news stockpiled. Dick jokes loaded and armed. Let's do this shit. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. And I would say... That open was simmering. Wasn't your best, but wasn't your worst. <laughs> uh, we have to do this a little bit uh, uh, late in the late in the day. So if we're both feeling especially drunk or tired, I'm going to blame um, our combined work schedule, specifically mine. Um, the uh, manager of my store decided that he needed a vacation. Uh, and he needed someone to run the store, and I had to do it because there's nobody else that works there. There's a couple people, but anyway. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we had to switch things up. Tyler, how are you? Oh, doing good. Enjoying a nice cold can of Sierra Nevada's hazy little thing. So I got a, I got me a. Uh, a bottle of the Garden Path Fermentation Easy Going Drink. Uh, they call the it a fuck? they call it a Scatatonian Grisette. Um, and um, it's basically a it's basically a cool shipped uh, a wild fermented blonde ale. Um, okay, kind of a funky nose, funky citrusy, a uh, little bit of like lemony sour. Would it? I might. I think I'm thinking of a gruet, but is it a grisette? Okay. No, it has hops. I, I was think. like, isn't that? Um, I was gonna say, isn't a gruet basically a hopped mead? No, you're but, thinking. You're thinking a. Um, um, I'm not sure what you're thinking of. A gruet is an unhopped beer. Mm. So it's. I mean, you can. It's it's a beer where you just have used a combination of herbs. herbs to substitute the bitterness. Um, this is nice. It's like a funky light blonde. It's got a little bit of, it's almost, it's Saison-esque with a little bit more funk, a little bit of sour, a little bit of lemongrass. Nice. It's a nice, it's a nice complex, easy drinker. So I kind of dig the one. Nice. Uh, Gar- Garden Path just came into town. I think they specialize in wild fermented and like everything they do is like fermented three different times and like six different, containers i i I think (laughs) it's really just a roundabout way to make it more expensive and harder to get drunk (laughs) i mean it's it's they're proud of themselves this was this bottle was eight bucks but um uh also if you're for you know for 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 a nice uh uh for for a very nice bottle it, it it hits the spot so nice as good or better than the expensive porter we drink I'd say better. Okay. It's it's several bucks cheaper, and I mean the porter was good, but it was a porter. This has at least some you know sour funk thing going on with it, so a little bit more complex. Anyway, Tyler, would you like to kick us off today? Yep, uh, we're going down to the land of Utah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it 
feels like you had something in mind, but lost it. Like, we're going to go to the exotic land of, uh, fuck, a salty lake and magic underpants. I don't know. I, I was going to be like, Mormonism and polygamy. But I was like, that feels a little too on the nose. So One of their breweries, the, specifically the brewery you're going to and- talk about, has a polygamy porter. So I think we could probably yeah. get away. I don't think you're going to offend a lot of Mormons on this podcast. And if they do, they're not well, going to tell anybody. And then as I'm like trying to think, do I go with it? All of a sudden the song Africa from Toto came in. I come from a land down under. And I was like, oh. And then I was like, oh, shit, I got to speak. So. <laughs> <laughs> your, uh, your brain is truly a fantastic place. Because what I got from that was, okay, I'm about to say something offensive. Ooh, am I going to offend Mormons? Ooh, should I offend Mormons? Oh, what about Toto? I come from a land down under. And shit, I have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> so, well, uh, found this article from the Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, the founders of Squatters and Wasatch Brewing uh, are buying back uh, six of the former breweries, restaurants, and brew pubs. Um, so they're buying back six Utah restaurants and brew pubs uh, that bear the Squatters and Wasatch names since Canarchy, which owned them, sold over to Monster Beverage that we covered a couple weeks ago. Um, They talked about a quote from one of the founders said, Peter and I had known for some time there was a possibility that to have for this to happen because the focus of Canarchy was purely in breweries and not in restaurants. So they talked back to moderate interest Interest, interest, wow, struggled right there. Once they decided to do the deal with Monster, uh, Canarchy became more motivated to do something about the restaurants as well. Uh, so Cole and Polychronus put together an investment group called Century Financial, uh, based out of Salt Lake, and uh, rallied up a couple of investors around Salt Lake and Park City. Uh, they started negotiations back in mid-December. Uh, they were then able to reach a deal and sign a commitment letter on January 14th. They closed the deal this past Thursday. Uh, and it will cover the six restaurants under the two labels. Squatters and Wasatch each have locations in Park City and Salt Lake International Airport. Uh, the Squatters downtown location in Salt Lake City. Wasatch Sugar House Brew Pub on Highland Drive, uh, and the Craft Cafe, a central kitchen west of the airport. Uh, there is one brew pub basically that is not included in the deal. It's the co-labeled West Side Tavern uh, that will remain under Monster and Canarchy control. So under a certain, uh, so under like some circumstances, Wasatch and Squatters still sort of kind of under canarchy am i am i correct about that i mean it's not swatters and wasatch aren't buggering off out of out of canarchy and thus out of monster am i correct no no so they are monster will still own canarchy which will still own squatters and wasatch uh these individual restaurants 
uh, have been sold off and are basically back to the original founders who will then be almost licensing the name to keep those restaurants what they were. Uh, under the deal, uh, all the locations will remain open, retain all 300 of its current employees, uh, and will consider continue to serve squatters and Wasatch beers. Though now they will just have to purchase the beers from the distributor to serve them in their tap room. That's interesting that they'd still have to like go through um, a distributor. Well, I don't know. Oh. Utah's beer laws are also, I'm sure, a little bit strange. Um, yeah, I mean, but it also, but it does that does seem so, sort of strange that you'd have to still have to if you're no longer directly connected because it's, I assume as a, as a restaurant they were able to get the kegs directly from the source, no middleman needed. Yeah. So it'll, it seems that they just, they wanted to keep those because they were a part of the Salt Lake community. And in the article, they actually talk, uh, they, that they didn't want those locations to go away or to become something that they weren't. Um, and that, both the breweries had been very community oriented in Park City and Salt Lake, um, and they felt that with Canarchy and then especially the move to Monster, that it had kind of been forgot about. They were more focused outside, mm-hmm. didn't care as much about the restaurant or the community, and so they're kind of wanting to get those back in and then still keep the name and the brand equity those names had built up. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I doubt Monster very much. I mean, running a brew pub is is a a, a big focus by itself, and I'm I'm fairly certain that I'm fairly certain Canarchy really didn't had an, an, uh, any interest in. I mean, it was kind of part of the part and parcel of the deal, but it doesn't seem like they would. Yeah. Although Sweetwater has a. Um, I'm not, I'm I'm off of somewhere else. Um, no, uh, Oscar Blues has a um, has a brew pub, does it not? So does Cigar City. They have City. three: one in Longmont, Colorado; one in Asheville, so the, North Carolina; and one in Austin, Texas. So the rest, so the restaurant visit wasn't foreign to them so much as as I mean, squatters. I, I just think the Oscar. I think the Oscar Blues was mainly. Just a tap room, not necessarily a restaurant. Okay. So I think dealing with the restaurant's a whole nother set of headaches. It is, or uh, yeah, that is no doubt. And or do you really want to have all these restaurants you're dealing with? And Canarchy still maintaining control of one of the bars uh, under that flag so they have control of certain aspects especially if you want any measure of control of your brand back i mean that's kind of seems like a a a, uh you know a a thing to be desired yeah i imagine under so 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 yeah i'll be curious to see uh just if this sparks a bunch of confusion or Kind of how this ends up working out, or if they do that for a little while and then think, you know what, let's just change the name on these restaurants and start bringing in whatever beers instead of being locked in with just these two breweries. 
that is an interesting point because you do you you might at some point in time look around and say, well, we have to buy squatters and wasatch at essentially this you know at essentially distribution prices. We don't get a you know any any discount or anything. Might as well branch mm-hmm. out and see, especially if we also if we don't have any control over what they're making, how they're making it, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So um, that would be interesting to see and um, and. And and also if um, I mean like I said there might whether there is confusion I don't th- well I think your average person isn't even aware that Wasatch and can't Wasatch and squatters are part of a larger entity and they and very few are even are aware that uh, that they're now part of even a larger entity although at this point in time I don't think it would surprise anybody yeah I <laughs> I could see the confusion being let's say they do a one off beer that. They don't send to the former restaurants, right? But send to their West Tavern, uh, and people be like, "Oh, this new beer came out from them. Let's go try it and go to one of the restaurants and be like, well, why don't you have it here?'" <laughs> that sounds more of a sounds like more of an issue for the poor bastard that has to answer that question. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. So I'll be curious to see if in a year or so they just kind of quietly change their name and roll, or if it works out, they're able to get more involved back in the community, and it's a win-win for both sides because Monster and Canarchy basically keep six tap rooms still that they don't have to manage, they don't have to worry about the overhead, and it's guaranteed sales. Stories that make you go, aww, news now. Uh, this story comes from the Block Club Chicago by Mackie Linderman and uh, Alex Hernandez. Um, an apartment fire that started at 3.30 in the morning in the Chicago suburb of Albany Park spread to the three-year-old brewery uh, Twisted Hippo. Um, people, Let me guess, a cow kicked over a lantern. <laughs> No, not well. Possibly a hippo kicked over <laughs> kicked over the lantern. Their uh, their uh, um, their mascot hippo, who has a deeply sick sense of humor. <laughs> Twisted hippo. Anyway, uh, people the people actually in the area reported explosions coming from the brewery. Um, a wall collapsed at some point, causing bricks to fall down on parked cars. And by the time the fire was under control that morning, Twisted hit Twisted Hippo and Ultimate Ninja Jim were both a total loss. Um, and of course, the point of that story is that for all the trouble the industry has experienced over the last couple of years, the beer community is still kind of the beer community. Um, the last of the embers hadn't even stopped smoldering before, uh, microphone, I think is how you pronounce that, uh, microphone brewing in nearby Elk Grove Village, uh, launched a GoFundMe, uh, to help resurrect the Twisted Hippo, maybe the, res- the Twisted and Now Roasted Hippo, um, <laughs> On their Instagram page, Microphone posted, The Chicago Beer family is one of the most supportive we know, so let's get those funds rolling in. Donations can be used to help displace staff, clean up interim business needs, and hopefully re- a rebuild down the road. And Roland, they did. Goose Island donated uh, $5,000. Uh, Mickey, Damn. Finn's, Mickey Finn's, they, hey, you can do whatever, you can do a lot of st- stuff with that sweet, sweet ABM of money. Uh, Mickey Finn's donated a thousand, as did Revolution Brewing. Skeleton Key Brewing, which suffered its own disaster with a tornado to, through its brewery uh, last summer, also gave five thousand. Um, 
And between even more support from fellow breweries as well as members of the of the community, uh, the GoFundMe managed to raise more than one hundred fourteen thousand dollars. Nice. Um, now, but of course, there was more than just a brewery and gym lost. Gym um, is fine. Nobody really gives a shit about the loss of a gym. It's they're essentially horrible modern torture chambers, and both me and Tyler, if I avoid them at all costs, if our tubby forms didn't make that abundantly clear. <clears throat> Jim bad, beer good. <laughs> that should be our tagline. Jim bad, beer good. <laughs> mm. The brewery is obviously a tragedy of the highest magnitude, but one has to agree if grudgingly that homes and all the irreplaceable stuff uh, inside them is even worse. Um, one of the neighbors who runs an art gallery in a healing spa who has the truly excellent name of Seven Amun Sun Ra... That's the man's name. Huh? Seven Amun Sun Ra. <laughs> listen, like, legally, is that that motherfucker's name, the, or did he... Listen, that's the name that was given in the article. Um, and, by the way, I applaud you, sir, but your name comes from the wrong century, and frankly, the wrong plane of existence for me to take you seriously. Amun Sun Ra is the name... It's basically the name of, uh, uh, of the of the ultimate sun god in Egyptian mythology. It's essentially like you changing your name to, to last name to Jehovah. That's in the hierarchy of Egyptian mythology or Allah or something. That is what my last name is. Didn't you know? Oh, I'm going right to hell then for the shit I've uh, said to you. Anyway, <laughs> that being said, Mr. and I'm not going to give you any fanny. Special underwear. <laughs> I you don't I don't need your special underwear. I have my own special underwear. It has Spider Man on it. Anywho, <laughs> Mr. Sun Ra opened his business to anyone displaced by the fire. Um, he said, uh, "If we found out where they're where we are, uh, we want to bring them some soup and anything to get them going." You hear that, people displaced in the Chicago fire? Sun Ra is looking for you, and he's going to bring you soup. It's like the most boring remake of The Mummy ever. <laughs> what kind of soup? Because I may be interested. <laughs> he didn't specify. He did. The type of soup was not specified. Only that seven right. of Moonstone... <laughs> Only that seven of... Right. Uh, I'm going to be pissed if it's some stupid-ass soup that sucks. But if it's, like, a nice hearty soup, that's good. If it's, like, a fucking can of Campbell's soup, I'm going to throw out a bag at him. <laughs> yeah, and then Seven Amun Sabra will send you directly to the underworld where you'll have to wrestle a fucking snake. It's on a wall in fucking Memphis, the real one, not the one they built in Tennessee. Look it up, you fuck. Anyway. <laughs> and then I'll look at the snake and be like, he gave me Campbell's chicken noodle. <laughs> Couldn't even afford Progresso. <laughs> and the snake would be like, you're right, man. That's fucked. Let's go get him. Anyway. And I'd be riding that snake out like George Washington rode a velociraptor into the first battle against the invading Britons. <laughs> you stumbled. At the, there was a beautiful image right up until the end there where you kind of stumbled. But, I mean, if it wasn't for that, I probably would have said, you know what? That's it. We should just, we're ending the podcast. <laughs> I think our life's work is complete on that image. Anywho, um, I, I got ahead of my brain, and my brain's like, shit, shit. 
we've already we've already uh, 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 dialed in what's wrong with your brain already. So um, anyway, Mr. Sun Ra added, uh, but there's pictures of family and babies, things that they can never get back. Not even the great Amun Sun Ra can bring them back. I'm not <laughs> said your name's Amun Sun Ra. I'm not gonna stop. Anyway, in in a sense, the loss of the twisted hippo is part of that as well. Uh, while rebuilding efforts will hopefully soon be underway, the neighborhood has at least in the sh- lost in the short term a central gathering place. Uh, <clears throat> a central gathering place. Uh, one neighbor said, uh, "Quote: This is a place where you could enjoy a good beer, meet new people in the neighborhood." Uh, this was a grow. This was growing back and to see it revamped and now we have to start over the feeling of loss is pretty hard Um, neighbors remembered events and the feeling of community that was built there Uh, marley rutherford the owner of twisted hippo commented i'm so grateful for everything that we've been able to build here um it's gonna be okay we don't have problems we have solutions waiting to happen so we'll see how it goes all right i was gonna say tragic that people lost their homes uh businesses got shut down but it really like especially for how often we have to have to the over this last year talk about breweries fucking up and not doing what's right seeing kind of the beer industry community as a whole come through and help each other out do kind of like what the beer community what we what we kind of know that's there for you know it is it is a strange support system and 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 i think you're feel i think you're missing the most obvious um upside of this story no <laughs> we we now know that there's a man walking around in this world named seven amun sun ra and without that fire <laughs> we would not be aware of that <laughs> Oh, uh, Jeremy. And, and now, now we know. We can never unknow that. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's worth the fire. I'm not saying it's worth the fire. I definitely would not wish that fire in order to have that that knowledge. But the fire happened, and now the knowledge is out there. So it's at least a little bit of a bright spot. Seven Amun Sabra would <laughs> is, I'm sure, happy as well. Tyler, uh, what's next for us? <laughs> if you're, you're that man has a ridiculous name. <laughs> Oh man, we're terrible humans. Uh, well, we're gonna check back in on Sweetwater Brewing, who we talked about uh, getting purchased earlier this year by Tilray, the cannabis company, and then purchasing themselves Green Flash Brewing, the brewery that refuses to fucking die. Uh, they are indeed the turd that shan't be flushed. Uh, so. Uh, when they made that purchase of Green Flash, it was only naturally that they would expand to California as well, because if you own a brewery in California, might as well distribute there. Well, they just came out and announced uh, that they will be bringing their West Coast-style beers to the Pacific Northwest in a partnership with Columbia Distributing. Uh, They'll be rolling out Washington and Oregon, uh, through their new distribution partner, Columbia, um, trying to really capitalize that momentum in the westward expansion of launching California earlier this month. Um, they This all co- coincides with them also opening their new Colo- the Sweetwater Colorado Brewing Company, 
uh, the new brewery and tap room in Fort Collins. So really just kind of making that westward expansion push. Uh, with this here, uh, Columbia Distributing is going to be bringing their core lineup uh, throughout both states, including the Sweetwater 420 Extra Pale, the Hazy IPA, 420 Imperial IPA, and the rotating variety packs uh, into restaurants, bars, grocery chains, liquor stores, and other retailer establishments. Uh, I gotta say, they did a... kind of. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. You got it. I was gonna say, I feel like it's a bit of a ballsy move um, purchasing Green Flash, and then you know uh, uh, expanding. Um, you know, and then taking the other brewery, expanding as uh, uh, as much as they seem to be currently doing. It's, I mean, that's the, the rapid expansion, and and they're not expanding as far as Green Flash uh, did, or as quickly, or hopefully as recklessly. But they're not far behind. Um, I mean, it uh, is the, the the thing that comes to mind is a bit like a it's a it's a bit like a, a Hitler's army uh, quickly uh, scooping up Napoleon's army just after they got their ass kicked in Russia and going we're gonna try that too. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert: It didn't go well, well for either army. So, um, like I said, they're not too far behind. Kind of what where Green Flash really had expanded to. With this expansion, they'll be adding their 39th and 40th state. I did not realize they were, like, I, I knew they distributed in a good amount of spots, but I didn't realize they were up to 40 states now. I didn't know they, I suppose I didn't realize they were up that big. I did, I was aware that, I mean, they were basically the Sam Adams or the New Belgium or, I mean, uh, you could you could find their beer anywhere in the, in the southeast. I mean... At even mm-hmm. most at, at most breweries, you sit down. You're looking at, or not even some breweries. You look and sit down at most bars. bars or restaurants. You know, even in the kind of middle of nowhere, uh, you kind of look at their you look at their uh, beer handles. You go, you know, Bud, Coors, Pabst, Yingling, um, and then you got oh look, there's Sweetwater. I'll take a Sweetwater. Yeah, and I, I had known they were bigger like that i just figured they were around like 15 to 20 states not all the way coming That's, up to 40 i think now. i probably had this roughly the same assumption although i mean last time i paid a great deal of attention to Sweetwater and where they were was around the time when deschutes was probably only distributed in 20 to 30 states yep so hey there's a chance we get Sweetwater here in idaho since they're surrounding us basically uh, <laughs> In no, in 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 true like brewery fashion, they'll just be distributed in every fucking state except this one. Um, although Sweetwater, so, Sweetwater is good. It never really, it never really turned my crank. I don't. I'm not. No, I'm not sitting there they, salivating over that sweet, sweet 420 IPA. No, they'll they'll get a slight boost if they come to this state, For and it'll recede right away. Yep. Uh, the one thing I did find out. No, go ahead. As I say, for a minute, not not unlike Green Flash. Yep. I The one thing from the article that I noticed that kind of drew my attention and made me go, oh, that might actually be a good fit for where they will be distributed in Oregon and Washington. Uh, pot legal countries? Was, or pot legal states, you mean? Well, <laughs> so they won't. 
I as as far as I know, Columbia doesn't cover the full state of Oregon or the full state of Washington. Okay. Um, it's mainly kind of the middle part of both. Um, the middle so, part. So yep. not so Basi- not basically so not... think where the Columbia River flows. That's where Columbia basically covers. Okay, so from the middle outward, I'm like, you, are you saying Portland and Seattle aren't going to be? Uh, on the uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if Columbia goes all the way over to Portland or Seattle. I haven't looked. That'd so. be fucking bizarre if you could like get a get a beer in in Bend, Oregon, but not fucking Portland. I mean, it would make sense. Uh, but yeah, I'm but assuming really. Columbia goes to Portland. Whether they make it to Seattle is another thing. Yeah, fair enough. But. Uh, in the release, they talked about Sweetwater is passionate about protecting natural resources and habitats and is recognized for its contributions to environmental initiatives throughout the distribution footprint, supporting conservation of some of the nation's most threatened rivers, streams, coastlines is a cause near and dear to the brewery as clean water is also vital to the creation of their tasty brews. So being distributed with the Columbia River coming right through, uh, right next to the ocean, it kind of makes sense if they're used to, uh, you know, donating to help rivers. There's been the big push about whether the Columbia River Dam should be taken down uh, to help salmon populations. So I'll be curious to see if Sweetwater kind of hops in on either side of that debate. All right. Well, uh, uh, to the to our neighbors to the west, uh, enjoy Sweetwater, um, and to everybody that lives in Idaho, good fucking luck. We can't even get fucking bells yet. <laughs> <laughs> that one I could ask about. I don't think I've, I've never been asked about Sweetwater, but... Um... <laughs> well, Jerry, what do we got next? Uh, beer is for everybody news now. Uh, we've talked, of course, at length about breweries making their spaces more accessible and welcoming to women, uh, people of color, and un- other undeserved, under underserved. <clears throat> wow, that was almost a bad. Uh, 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 I was gonna say, <laughs> damn, Jeremy, damn, underserved. Express uh, views of Jeremy do not rec- <laughs> represent Tyler's views. It's a bad sign when the guy from northern Idaho is going, shit, 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 nope, nope, I do not, I want no part of this guy, and I want no part of what's coming out of his mouth. Damn <laughs> right I don't. communities. <laughs> Christ. Oh, it's a long night. Anyway, uh, but a story from Good Beer Hunting this week uh, illustrates a push uh, by a couple of breweries uh, to make their spaces more inclusive uh, for neurodiverse patrons. And how they're bringing that conversation about and how to make breweries uh, more accessible in general. Um, this article was written by Beth Demon. Um, Kelly Weiss uh, is a mother of two autistic sons. Um, and she started dabbling in home brewing uh, with her husband. And then noticing how engaged uh, her two sons were um, in the process, decided to open a Perkoyman Bre- Valley Brewing Company uh, in 2019. Uh, one of the biggest reasons uh, they decided to open that particular business was to have a place where their sons could reliably go to find work. Uh, it was also important uh, to have a space that would employ people uh, with cognitive differences. Um, the article goes through a number of, well, goes through a lot of numbers uh, uh, relating through, you know, uh, how 
how hard employment is for people with neurological disorders, uh, etc. But the important part I know is that for many autistic people um, and people with uh, um, uh, attention deficit, uh, finding employment, keeping employment is often a challenge. Um, and besides that, sometimes just living is a challenge. Uh, Weiss said in the article, quote, We know what it's like to be parents going into a space where you're white-knuckling it the whole time. Uh, we also have the few experience where you walk into a space and you don't have to do that. I know as a mom that there were times I didn't have to go to that 80, 90%. And someone was meeting me in the middle. And there were times where I've actually just cried. Just be noticed and recognize that you exist and that they planned for you before you even got there. Uh, Pacoiman Valley feet includes features for both physically, uh, for both physical accessibility accommodations and for neurodivergent customers. It features, among other things, a sensory room, which is basically a separate area equipped with calming sounds, sensation, toys. When you look at the pictures, um, I went to, I had a picture of like, what do they mean by sensory room? Because I kind of got this like weird, uh, like in my mind's eye, I pictured like a room with like colors and like Anya playing and... No. Uh, <laughs> so I know uh, my wife being a teacher, uh, she's set up like sensory corners or like little sensory stations when so, she's had Tyler's several all over kids. Like, no, Jeremy, I know what <laughs> I know what you're talking. Uh, well, because she's taught several kids with uh, varying stages or varied, varying severities of autism, and so had different sensory things to help them uh, if they're having an episode be able to recenter themselves and continue on in class. Um, say in the, the, what they kind of have, have equipped there is basically calming sounds, sensations, toys. Um, it's, it, it looks a bit like a homies, but just like, a, um, just like a calm space that looks like home. It's kind of nice. Uh, stuffed mm-hmm. animals, a fish aquarium books, kind of a chill place to just hang out. Um, other things they have, uh, um, uh, they include uh, dyslexia-friendly fonts on menus, um, lower music volume, volume uh, sunny hues on the lights. And Weiss doesn't see any of this as requiring a lot of additional resources. In fact, most of what she does doesn't cost really any more than it would without designing for disability. Um, but she paints it as just simply good business. She says in the article, quote, uh, One in four people have a disability, whether you can see it or not. We are leaving 25% of your revenue on the opposite side of the door because they can't, in, can't get into the goddamn thing to enjoy your product. By the way, that's her quote, not mine. <laughs> I was just, oh, damn. I'm surprised she she dropped a, a GD. Like, can't get into the goddamn place, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Fix your shit. Um, <laughs> t- and take my money. <laughs> <laughs> she has two autistic sons. I bet she's hard as shit. Uh huh. Oh, probably. Uh, Tiffany Fixter uh, was also concerned about long-term, sustainable, non-exploitative employment for people with disabilities, um, and uh, uh, she knew those jobs were where. And she was a veteran of group homes and adult daycare facilities, um, so she decided to create a place also to uh, to help employ uh, people. Uh, the Brewability Lab uh, aims to change the narrative and provide employment. Um, but apparently not without some pushback. Brewability opened, um, and then a sister store, Pizzability, um, that um, that joint opened in in an affluent neighbor uh, neighborhood a little bit, a little ways away called uh, Cherry Creek. 
Um, and people there were a little skittish about in Denver. Place... Yeah. Oh, Cherry Creek is not affluent. It's fucking rich, pompous cunts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're like, wait, wait, wait. I know of this place. <laughs> yeah. I went when I was in Denver a couple times ago. Stopped with a buddy who lived there, and we stopped at the Cherry Creek Mall. I've never seen so many entitled white women driving around a hundred thousand dollar car. <laughs> um, people, well, they're very pro- the people there were a little skittish about a place that openly embraced and employed people with physical and cognitive differences. Um, and not to mention a steady stream of internet trolls, along with hate mail and other harassment, including a story I found from May of last year, where somebody spray-painted, quote, why do we want autistic people to know how to be drunk on the side of their building? What the fuck? First of all, autistic people know how to be drunk. They practically invented it. They have since... <laughs> I'm going to get letters for that. <laughs> They have since relocated... Again! <laughs> Jeremy's views are not the views of Tyler. <laughs> or it's all beer. <laughs> they have since relocated to Englewood, Colorado, where that, that, a place that seems to be a much better fit uh, for the community. Also, fuck all rich people. Mm-hmm. Literally, they make every place they are worse. There's Here's something that nobody's ever said ever. Wow, all these rich people moving in sure th- made things better around here. Uh, Brewability employs uh, similar aspects to Percobin Valley. Uh, sensory, uh, a sensory room, noise-canceling headphones, wiggle seats, adaptive menus, weighted silverware, plate guards, and a tactile light-bright wall, which actually sounds kind of amazing, and that's sort of the point. Um, to quote Fixter, um, we try to make sure that it's a fun space and not just for people with autism. Um, it becomes a space where everyone wants to go. And that's kind of the overall message of the entire piece. Uh, Brewability and Percoyman uh, obviously have neurodiversity at the heart of everything they do. It's their mission. It's, you know, when we talked about um, uh, breweries embracing a, uh, you know, a something that was important to them. This is obviously, you know, kind of what we're talking about. The, um, you know, an issue that's very close to their hearts and they, you know, differentiate differentiate themselves um, on that on that note. But um you know, and that's at the heart of their mission, but it's since tap rooms, as I was reading this, it occurred to me that tap rooms are often crafted as basically, you know, chill places to hang out. Most, most tap rooms, they don't want to be the big party spot. Some do, but they're not typically, they're not typically looking. They're not a bar. Right. They're not typically looking to pack in place with a thousand drunk yahoos screaming over really loud music. It's just, it's, it's what I think people think of going to a tap room. That's not what they're hoping for. They're hoping for like a chill joint, maybe some quiet music place. You can have a beer, chat with friends, maybe play a board game, shit like that. Um, and when you think about it, those kind of qualities sort of dovetail, um, with creating a welcoming neurodiverse environment. Uh, Chris Norman, a beer Mm -hmm. blogger out of the UK who identifies as neurodivergent uh, and disabled, uh, described his ideal venue as uh, a a place with comfortable seating, no wooden benches, he hates those, uh, quiet music, fidget toys of some kind, and a relaxing visual. 
visual. He mentioned uh, Liquid Light Show at his favorite brewery, uh, appropriately named Liquid Light Show uh, uh, Brewing in uh, Nottingham. Um, he was quoted in the article, um, uh, quote, even having a simple basket with some ear defenders and fidgets on the bar would make neurodivergent guests feel more welcome. And, you know, the point is that if you're you can you can if you're looking for a way possibly to differentiate yourself and also be as be a, a welcoming point and the go to point for uh, people who are otherwise underserved in the in the uh, beer community, this could very well be a way to do it. It doesn't again it, from what it looks like, it doesn't wouldn't take much more than just focusing a little bit on that, um, getting a few extra mm-hmm. things. Uh, um, there are there are organizations that help with that. That there is very little in the way of of um, you know restaurant consultants. Barrier that, to entry. Well, there's not a lot of like there's not a lot of restaurant and brewery consultants that that deal with that specifically. But there are resources, and the it said there is very little uh, barrier to entry. In fact, as like I said, um, the uh, uh, owner of Perkoyman Valley basically said that it costs absolutely no extra money. It's just a matter of. We, we need to do Changing that. some fonts, adding certain things. Yeah, basically putting thought into what you're trying to create. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I mean, now that when you brought this up, I was like, oh, I, I guess that that is kind of a big market that if you can tap into, you could have a very loyal base if there's a relaxing place for them to go and kind of de-stress for a little while um and it's opening welcome and there really isn't like you said a lot of barrier to entry there isn't it's something that if you weren't exposed to it you would never think of but stepping back hearing about it you're like oh that's easy Mm -hmm. no it, it, it that's what kind of struck me too is that it really didn't wouldn't take much other than a little extra focus and intent. Um, and it is kind of, mm-hmm. and, and you know, it, 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 I think it, it, as it was stated early on in the article, you know, to, to have, you know, someone who deals with that every single day to walk into a place and have a little space that was sort of kind of crafted for them. Yeah. You got a customer for life. He's yeah. going to be in there every, every day, twice a day, just to get away from the rest of the world. To get away from the struggles of having to deal with, which is what a tap room, which is what a tap room should be, is you know a place to hundred <laughs> percent, a place to get away from the rest of the world, chill out, have a beer with friends, and and the you know and making the more community the community more inclusive, never a bad thing. No, not so. at all. Jeremy, anything else we got today? One other thing, um, I was as I as I was uh, clicking around the internets as I am wont to do, as is my habit. Um, I found a, uh, a I found a blog or I found a uh, an article from the Tasting Table, and it was the best brewery in every state. I've read a hundred. Oh boy! I have run a, I've read a hundred incarnations of this same fucking article. Um, every one of them are lazy motherfuckers. And so here's the thing: <laughs> here in Idaho, we have a brewery called Crooked Fence. Um, and at one point in time, they really were a big uh, force. Um, right up there, I don't think they ever got as big as like um, Sockeye or Payette. 
for those of you not in the I area. I think at one point they were like third or fourth in the valley in production. I mean, they were. I mean, let's the 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 Treasure Valley and and Idaho Brewing um, community is a is a very much a small pond. And at one point in time, they were a big fish, and their marketing was known, you know, throughout the Pacific Northwest. Um, and they, you know, they really were doing some, uh, good work. Um, a series of unfortunate events followed, um, ranging everything from quality control issues, a very, very ill-advised move out to the middle of fucking nowhere, <laughs> a move, a move back, several owner changes, um, but, um, a few years, uh, it seems that whenever anybody does an article, um, about the best brewery in every state, Crooked Fence seems to come back up for Idaho, even though Crooked Fence has long since ceased being A, a big force in Idaho, and B, up with apologies to the people who uh, uh, ran it, um, not that great. They were doing the best they could. I, I, I was rooting for them, but they weren't the best in Idaho. I can say that without fear of contradiction. Um, yes. And so I, when I, when I found that I was, I kind of chuckled, but it proved to be the, uh, perhaps I should just let Crooked Fence have it because, uh, that might be their, uh, official, uh, her, uh last hurrah because I, I found out literally as I sat down for this podcast that they are closing yeah, I, down. I was going to say, I saw a notification right as you texted me. Uh, 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 I was like, oh, poor Crooked Fence. So it seemed fitting that I was I was I was going to uh, do something where I uh, uh, bashed uh, um, uh, the 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 tasting table and probably by proxy crooked fence although I don't mean to do that I was mostly going to bash the tasting table but uh, uh, I think instead I'm just going to go ahead and say to the uh, to to crooked fence uh, perhaps last known as the best beer in, in Idaho. Um, we hardly knew ye. And How look- many articles are we going to see <laughs> and I after look Crooked say- Fence closes <laughs> that says and I look best beer in Idaho to you winning best beer in Idaho for at least another five years by lazy as fuck bloggers who just copy and paste from the last one, you clickbait idiot motherfuckers. And also, <laughs> pour one out for Crooked Fence. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, you have anything to add? Uh, the only thing I have to add is if you're in Idaho uh, and heading up to the Destination Beer Beer Fest, have fun, drive safe, be responsible. All right, well, that has been uh, It's All Beer. If you want to get a hold of us and uh, and and tell me I'm a terrible human being, um, <laughs> you can get a hold of us on Twitter. It's All Beer 1. I post all the articles we use to make this uh, podcast, as long as some witty uh, uh, things here and there. Um, we have our Instagram feed, where I post uh, uh, interesting pictures and stuff around uh, uh, the craft beer new scene, uh, at It's All Beer. Facebook. Uh, also links to Instagram. You'll find a lot of pictures there along with a few other things um, at It's All Beer. And if you want to get a hold of us by email, uh, you can do that at It's All Beer at gmail.com. And if, you, uh, uh, if, if you're so inclined, on Facebook, on Twitter, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, uh, you can throw a rating down. Um, it probably helps. It certainly doesn't hurt. Um, and uh, a five-star rating, um, you know, 
makes Tyler a little bit hard. If that if that helps, and if it, and if it, and if it doesn't, <laughs> if that's if that is in fact repulsive to you, then um, then uh, a five star review actually makes Tyler's uh, 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 penis turn into an innie. <laughs> Why are we referencing my penis? <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like uh, where I where where this podcast had to go. We hadn't done a dick joke. I promised dick jokes at the beginning of this uh, of, of this podcast. <laughs> there has been no dick jokes. I'm gonna end with a dick joke. Anyway, I think that'll be quite enough for us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm gonna have a beer. Have fun. <laughs>